When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Meet Charlie. She loves dogs. Guilty. She powers her pup empire with Shopify. The sales won't stop. With Charlie's tech needs sorted, she can focus on turning her home business into a global operation. Yes, boy. Join Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.co.uk slash green. Go to shopify.co.uk slash green to start selling online today. everybody what's up it is the cbc wisdom hour number 126 for february 9th 2021 i'm steve Witchell in new orleans tony b coming to you from new jersey what's happening brother what's up here we go we're doing this now every week i guess episode number 126 <laughs> second episode this. live yes. live we're doing this on video now yeah we have 124 episodes before we did only on audio which you can find on uh, the website and other places uh, but we're doing it every week on video now, staying with the times and trying to involve you more. Oh, yeah. So it, so if you have comments or questions, please ask them. Make sure you let StreamYard show your name so we can put that up on the screen and address you by name. And tell us where you're from. Tell us what uh, where you're watching from and what you do and, you know, anything you want. We'll, we'll talk about you. We, you know, we'll it. talk about Whatever us. You got. Bring it out. Bring it out. We'll talk about us a little bit, but we'll talk about you, too. Bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit. <laughs> it's an open platform show, though. We welcome all kinds of wisdom here. <clears throat> we do. We're an um, equal opportunity wisdom channel. We are. And uh, we have a couple things to talk about, um, but we kind of wing this, too, and we keep it very organic and spontaneous because we're here for an hour, and that's a long time to talk. So It goes by fast, though, Steve. It really does, you know? It does go by fast. Um, good so, stuff, man. So what's going on? 
Well, I had my uh, surgery on Thursday. That's right. How'd that go? I was going to bring the picture up, and I forgot to do that, but the picture of when I first broke my arm. Uh, the x-ray but, picture where it's all like. <laughs> no, not oh. the x-ray. The actual photo of my arm with all the bruises and and. and it's it's not a pretty picture, so I'm actually glad I didn't didn't bring it up. Um, no one wants uh, to see that, Steve. <clears throat> Everyone wants to know the positive outcome of your experience. Yes. Um, so I had a surgery. I, I broke my arm in June. I had my surgery in July, which kind of kind of put everything back together because swim camp my, was put on hold for sure. Yes, um, among other things, but I. Uh, had my elbow basically put back together and I uh, was in uh, physical therapy for several months and had to go back in because there was some, uh, some extra bone growth in the, in the elbow and the doc took it out. So that happened Thursday and uh, it seems to have worked because I, I was, I was having trouble with rotation. Let me see if I get my hand up. Yes. There. I was having trouble with rotation of my hand. Like this is my left hand where right. I can rotate like that. And then my right hand couldn't go all the way, but now I could pretty much go all the way. Um, and I was able to do that immediately after surgery. So, like I, so let me ask you a question. Did the bone grow? Do you have some kind of plate or screws in your uh, elbow? In your, I have a piece of metal of titanium. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's about titanium. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to have some metal in my arm, it might as well be yeah. titanium, right? It sounds pretty bad. Not carbon fiber, definitely titanium. Right. Um, it's about two or three inches long and it's kind of connecting the bone in my yeah. elbow, I guess. It looks, when I see the x ray of that, it looks big and it looks like, oh my God, you know, like I have that in my body. Um, but that was the first surgery. So this second time, there was just uh, like calcium deposits in the, in the uh, tissue you had to take out, it was preventing my range of motion. So as soon as I came out of surgery and I was awake, like, you know, everybody comes in the room. Like, I, it's all a blur. If anybody's ever been in surgery and had anesthesia before, when you wake up, you're just like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're very disoriented. And the only thing I was aware of was, like, what time it was. I looked at the Because they had that clock right in front of you in the recovery room. And I was aware. And it was it was a few hours after the surgery. So I'm like, okay, I guess that took a while. Or either that or I was asleep for a while. Um, but that, then as soon as you wake up, five minutes to your out for like two hours. Right. But as soon as you wake up, everybody comes in the room. So like somebody alerts somebody, I guess. And that I'm still unclear on how that he's happens. awakened. He's awakened. <laughs> he's alive. Thank God. Um, and, uh, uh, so the doc came in and what I was one of the first things he asked me, he's like, try to turn your hand like that. And I was able to like, more, right away. like, Right away. So I was like, okay, I guess that worked. So he and, shaved, he, he removed the bone buildup from the titanium or he ground down the piece of bone or whatever it was? Like he didn't do anything to your tendons or your actual infrastructure because that would take a lot of recovery time. Right. He just removed the extra. The obstruction, the, whatever was cal- there. The, the calcium deposits in the tissue. So he didn't mess with any of the other bone. He just, he just took that out, I guess. I guess that's what he told me it was going to wow. be. Wow. So I was asleep for it. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, so it seems to have worked. So I have to get back into physical therapy again, which will probably start maybe next week. Um, uh, but I'm really in better shape than I was prior. But you'll to have this. to do specific new exercises to, for your new range of motion, like for the specific application. 
I think so. It's the extension that I'm still is still lacking, like extending my arm all the way. So I think that's what we're going to have to work on in physical therapy. But gotcha. I, I've been through it before. It's not that it, it's it's a thing. It sure is. But I've been through it before, and I could do it again. Um, but the most important thing is I can play. Like I can play bass now. I and there was a gig. My band played. Sat- yeah, my 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 band played Saturday, and I told them, you know. It's two days after my surgery. I don't think I'm going to be able to play. But come Saturday, I was like, I could have played tonight. I, you know, I, I can play. I can you know, yeah, move but my fingers. Who, you know, it would have been prudent if they would have told you beforehand, like, hey, you know, you're probably, you know, you're going to be able to move your stuff right away. Like, it sounds like more of a minor procedure. You know what I mean? For you to be able to, to be able to, to do that, you know, hours, like right when you woke up from surgery, you know, that's. That's promising. You know what I'm saying? It's a good thing. Yeah. I guess they didn't really know for sure. Cause you never really know for sure what's going to happen. And how much better do you think it is now than it was? Like how much more could, can you rotate it now than you could have before? I can rotate it almost all the way normal. Like, well, like very and what close. was it before three like quarters? 90, 60% maybe 60%. Yeah. And now it's, I, now I'm going, I, I'm going to say 90% right now. Wow. That's great. So, so yeah, it's, it's very promising, but let me tell you, man, I don't want to have to do this again. I don't like surgery. It's, it's not. <laughs> so I, I'm surgery for, is not fun. It really it's is not. And, and I mean, first order of business, I'm not going to do anything ever again in my life where I could potentially get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too old to, to be Steve, doing. Steve, do the stage dive, bro. Go no. for it. No, 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 no more things to get that I can get hurt. And, uh, and number two, I really hope this is the last time I have to have this arm worked out. So I'll do whatever it takes to get this arm better back as, as close to normal as I can. And then onward and upward. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. Uh, But I'll tell you the worst experience of this was it, it was, it was so bizarre and so something that I'd never want to have to deal with again. They told me an anesthesiologist came in before surgery and told me, he said, we've been doing this thing with some people and some people like it. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So he said like after surgery, we can do this thing called a, a nerve block, which is oh, basically, yeah. Yep. which is basically numbing your entire arm. Mm-hmm. And, and he said the advantage of this was he, they didn't have to give me as much pain med, meds as pot, as correct. Know, like, so like I don't come out of it's it. Like 24 to 36 hours. It wears off sometimes right. 40 hours, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I, I asked him that I'm like, how long is it going to be numb? And he said, Oh, it could be up to three days. And I got three days. Yeah. Three yep. days of having, an, and I was like, and I said, I don't really, I don't, I don't want this. I don't really think I want you to do this. Right. And, and he, and he said, okay, we'll, we'll revisit it after the surgery, which really wasn't fair to do to me. Um, Cause I, I really was like, no, I, I don't want this. So I guess I don't have a record, a video record of this or any <laughs> audio record, but I guess. You sign this paper quickly. They grab your hand with a pen in it and it's like, we're going to give you nerve block now. I, that may have happened. I don't remember. I just, I, I, but I guess I must have agreed to it because they did it. And, and then, so I'm ready to, to leave. And like, I could not feel my arm. 
I could not move my arm at all. I could not feel my fingers. I could not move my hand. I had, it was flopping around like, like a ventriloquist dummy. I had to move it with this. And like, it was like, it was the the most bizarre thing I've ever felt. And, and it scary because it's like, you're looking at your hand and now all of a sudden it's like, it, it's like this phantom feeling, you know, like where people who lose limbs or, or they have that sort of phantom arm still. And I was like, if I would close my eyes and I like, I had the phantom arm thing going on and I felt like my arm was in a certain position, but I would look, I would open my eyes and look and it was just <laughs> it was, like there, like, yeah. like, like that, you know, and, and like scary. So I was like, I was so upset. I'm like, I can't believe they did this. Like, I, I, And I was scared. And, and so I, I ended up resting a lot for that day. I was in and out of sleep and, and, and oh, plus, so I get home. And then one of the doctors, not the main doctor, but one of the doctors that was part of surgery calls me. They gave me five different medications. And I have this bag and it's in a, a closed plastic bag. And he calls me and I pick up the phone and he's like, we just, all right, we just want to give you, you know, post-surgery instructions, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, tell me about these medications. And he's like, all right, I want you to take this and this now. And one of them was the pain thing. And he gave me Percocet. And I'm like, and you turn okay. the glass of, <laughs> nurse to a glass of water and the pin pills on a tray for you. Here, Steve, eat these quickly. Yeah. I, I saw it's in this enclosed sealed plastic bag. And I'm like, I got floppy arm going on here and I can't use it at all. And I need to open this bag. So I'm like, put the phone down, put him on speaker. I'm with my teeth. I'm just like trying to get this thing open. And then, you know, I open the bag with the, with the five bottles of pills and everything spills out onto the ground. Like just the, and like, and, and I'm trying to read this a small writing on the page. You're like, man, these have no street value now. They're dirty. <laughs> and I'm trying to decipher what each one of these things is for. And, and the, the, the Percocet I knew, I was like, okay, I, I know this, this name and it doesn't say Percocet, but it's like hydro something. Um, so I'm like, okay, I know this painful. Then there's four other ones. I'm like, I don't know what these are. And like, I literally had to have him explain it like three or four times, like which ones to take right now, which ones to take tonight, which ones to take tomorrow. But I, I finally sort of figured it out. So then I was just sort of in, a, in and out of sleep for the rest of the I was just taking handfuls day. of pills at random times and just hoping for the best. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like taking pills at all. I don't just. No, well, do when I have my shoulder done, same thing. They gave me uh oxycodone and it was the, the, so the first time I had my shoulder done I said you know he said well take you know I got the nerve block same thing they don't tell you though that there is a potential that it, it might not unblock like you could have residual permanent damage from them doing the nerve block so I'm like oh that's good to know after I got it right and then um you know, basically then the whole time that, like you said, you're recovering, they give you the, the, the pain meds, but the oxycodone doesn't take the pain away. It just makes you loopy and all like dopey and sleepy. So I was taking like extra strength, 100 milligram, you know, Tylenol, ibuprofen, and that was that was what saved me, you know, and I, I didn't take it any of the oxycodone because it just wasn't working. It was not getting rid of the pain in any way, shape or form. I think it did for me for the first few days. And, and I took one yesterday. Like I did, I had to do a bunch of things. I finally took a shower yesterday and I took this all off and I, I redressed it with fresh gauze and everything. Um, and that was a big ordeal doing that with one hand. Um, oh yeah. 
But after I got everything done that I felt like I need to get done, I was like, all right, I'm in pain. Let me take one of these pain pills. Let me, and I like, I haven't really been like the sleep. My sleep schedule is just completely out of whack, but taking that yesterday, it's just, it made me feel like shit. I was like, ah, oh, I don't like this at all. It just, That's what it, I mean, it makes you loopy. It's not even like you could, it doesn't even help you sleep. You know, it makes you loopy. So it was like a couple scotches and, uh, <laughs> you know, some extra strength out and all. And that's it. And the thing with the shoulder is you got to, you're supposed to sleep in a chair for like the first six weeks. Right. So I was sleeping on the couch, like propped up, you know, sideways, like you know, to keep it elevated. But, uh, yeah. And then once it's done, you're like, now all I care about is that I can play my instrument, you know? Yeah. I don't need to do any precarious things that may damage my, my limbs again. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but, I, not but I decided but, like, after yesterday, I'm like, I'm not taking that Percocet anymore. I, I don't like it. It's like, it, it, it's not, it's loopy and it's, it's just like my, it bothers my stomach and it's just, it makes me feel off. Like, really so that was Thursday, off. right? You had surgery Thursday. So, I mean, Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So five days, you know, that's, that's pretty good that you're not in that much pain anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The pain isn't, isn't that bad. It's there, but it's not that bad. But I feel like once I start going back to, physical therapy <laughs> and they start cranking on it, then you're definitely going to be paid yeah. revisited quickly. Yeah. So I'll, you know, I'll address that, but, but overall, I think it was a good move and it, it, it's done and you know, it was a good time to do it because we're still not really playing. And that's that. Uh, yeah, Cover so band central see- says, hi guys. And this is chunk. And for some reason it's coming up. Cover band central. He's and, incognito tonight. Cause he's, he's a, a moderator in the group and probably has other uh permissions so it's going undercover yeah secret but uh thanks for joining us chunk um so uh there's a bunch of things i want to talk about but let's let's address these people here this is biz business it's kind of like wisdom business co um (laughs) says good afternoon it's 12 15 a.m in australia that's uh eastern australia daylight time so what's up, Business Co.? Nice picture. Excellent. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Yes. And Thomas Clay Morris uh, asked this question. He said, opinions on dad rock. He said he th- thinks it's overplayed, especially in local scenes. And I don't know exactly what dad rock means. Do you? Dad rock. Yeah, what's dad rock? I'm not sure. Let's look it up. Maybe old guys trying to be young? Um. I don't know if, if Thomas, if you're still here, be more specific with dad rock means and business co said it's uh PM. She met. So good evening. Let's see. Uh, or good afternoon. PM would be afternoon. Yes. Um, so dad rock, I, I guess dad rock is classic. Right? <laughs> Everything you've been told about dad rock is a lie. I'm not a dad, but I rock like one. Have you ever seen the, the the dad band video on YouTube? I have not. You've got to see that. I can't. I'm not going to bring it up right now. But people go to YouTube and search for dad band, and it's it's hilarious. It's it's guys in their late 40s, maybe early 50s. Oh, dad rock. Rock music that appeals to an older generation or that is heavily influenced by that of an older era. But, but define older. What is older? 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s? What is older now? Let's see. What is considered dad rock? 
The simplest dad rock definition is stuff your dad used to listen to. We see it most commonly applied here to artists like Creedence Clearwater Revival, The Eagles, Chicago, Clapton, McCartney, the most dad of all the Beatles by far, Bruce, Paul Simon, and The Grateful Dead. Okay. So it's that sort of genre of tunage. Like early 70s yeah. stuff. Late um, 60s, early 70s. Um, Dad rock. All right. Business Joe said uh, fellow pain sufferer, sufferer, and that picture is his daughter or her daughter. Great model. So hmm. his or her daughter. I don't know. Business Joe. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's this video on YouTube called Dad Band, and it's uh, – these guys getting the band back together, basically, and going into the garage and playing a song uh, or, or just jamming for the first time in a long time. And one of the people in the video is Jerry Cantrell from, from Alice in Chains. And he, do, he plays a, the, the bass player of this band. And it's not long. It's an eight or nine minute video, um, just kind of a, a, a fictional. I, think I have seen that video now that you're saying about Jerry Cantrell. That destroyed my memory. Yeah. And it's hilarious. So I, I recommend anybody who wants a good laugh to go check that out. Yeah. The, the dad, dad band, it's called. But Are I you- think, you know, anybody that's playing in a band, if you're going to get out there and play and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to have a good time doing it and the people are going to enjoy it, that's what it's all about, you know? Agreed. Regardless of the music, you know? Every, everyone needs, you know, I don't know if it's overrated, underrated, but if people are enjoying it, then you're doing your job, you know? The, the, the band is, is, is meant to, you know, entertain, but also you got to have enjoyment in creating the music that you're doing. And if the guys are really into that sort of music and that's what they want to play, you know, then good for them. Yeah. I, like Thomas is saying, he thinks it's overplayed, especially in local scenes, but local define local, local to you is not the same as local to other folks. So <laughs> also, I love you want to find some, some new local venues to check out if they're all playing dad rock, maybe you're in the wrong part of town. Right. I mean, where, you know, exactly what's, you know, geographically, where are we speaking about? Exactly. And, and, you know, why is there such a resurgence of dad rock in that one area? Steve, send your people there to investigate and do a story on why Dad Rock is so prevalent in certain communities throughout the country. In this right? guy's area. I mean, I could search. Charlie, his... write that down. Thank you. Sorry. I could search this guy's profile and see where he's from, but I'm not going to do that right now because he could tell me if he's still here. He might not still be. Either here. way, listen. So he's asking our opinion on it. Like I said, I don't know if it's overplayed, but uh, I, you know, I think a lot of people play that type of music still. And mix it into their sets. You know, it's a different, you know, it depends on the venues that you're playing, right? That's what it really comes down to. But again, venues, if you guys are having fun. Uh, you know, it, that, that's, that's all that matters, you know. But on a different note, I did, I forgot to mention this to you that I had discovered over the weekend and I've forgotten about it. Uh, you ever you ever see on YouTube the, the, the early Van Halen demo? It's called Zero. It's about 40 songs or 30-something songs on there, and it's all the original versions of, of Van Halen 1, Van Halen 2, and Women and Children First. I've and never seen the video, no. Eddie wrote all the songs before, when he was, before he was 20 years old. So he basically wrote right. the first three Van Halen albums before he was 20. Um, I've, I've heard other demos 
I've heard demos of some of those songs, but I've never seen yeah. that video. No. no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a video. It was like a montage of pictures, but it was the, it was the audio oh. someone had put up. It was uh, of that okay. of all their original demos. I have not seen that, but that's they're very cool. Yeah, brought me back to old Van Halen days. You know. Yeah, um, uh, Chunk is saying that some people uh, are considering Foo Fighters to be the new Dad Rock. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Foo, I mean, Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters, Dad Rock. I mean, well, I mean, Dave Grohl is like my age. He's, he, I think, he's exactly my age, actually. Um, and, uh, but Foo Fighters have been around for twenty, you know, twenty years, twenty five years, twenty five years, years. years. And so, you know, they could be Dad Rock. Sure, why not? Um, and everybody's putting up links to videos, which I can't see here, so. Um, I'm guessing they put up. If you're on the Cover Band Central page or on the group in the group watching now, you can see those videos that uh, Chalk and Bizco have uh, linked. Um, business Co. So, oh, Business Co. Sorry, right? Should just go Bizco. Business Co. Kind of like Nabisco. See, Nabisco's closing. They're closing down the Oreo. Nabisco and Fairlawn. They're moving. It's about time. After 50 years. I don't know. Biz, business Coast said Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Chili Peppers fan. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I like Chili Peppers. I don't. I think Chad Smith's a great drummer. I don't. And I saw somebody else post this uh, recently, too. My exact feelings about the Chili Peppers is I love Flea. I think he's a great bass player. Much respect to Flea, but I just don't like the band. I don't. I don't. I, I'll, I so like some of the songs. And I've definitely played some of the songs, and I'll listen to some of the songs, but for the most part, I just don't like them. And I've seen them live once, at least once, and I still didn't like them. I'm sorry. It's Anthony Kiedis I don't like. He's he's what he is, but you know, it's just not my cup of tea. Sorry. So that's not my dad rock. My dad rock uh-huh. is is the Who and Zeppelin. Yeah, so, I think that's what. They, well. Again, though, but those weren't bands that were listed in the dad rock genre, you know. So I don't know if it's if it's just classic rock, but the more, like, you know, not the real iconic bands like that, you know. Like it has to be specific bands. I guess. I mean, you know. Okay. What I just looked up was a certain genre, you know, that Clapton, Creedence, uh, you know, kind of vibe, Grateful Dead. You know, I wouldn't put them in the same category as, like you said, like you know. Uh, Zeppelin or or any of the bands that that we grew up listening to. Okay. Um, you know that's that's fine by me. But again, send your people out and find out where this is happening, Steve. We're, we need to, you know we need to scoop on this. Uh, we'll get on it. We'll get right okay. on that. Thank you. Um, so we are leading up to. Uh, I, I'm in New Orleans, and we are leading up to Mardi Gras which is next Tuesday is fat Tuesday. Yeah. So a week from today, and we've been doing this podcast for, for years. So each year I talk about what's going on with me playing with Mardi Gras, what's going on in, in, in the city. Yeah. Fat and Tuesday is always a big night for you play. It's a big, it's a big time of year. It's carnival and it, it lasts for several weeks, especially several weeks where, where this parades, there's more people in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a fun, exciting time here to be a musician, to play. You get uh, big crowds. We don't make 
any more money um, playing Mardi Gras. If, in fact, we we make a little less because people are less inclined to tip. That crowd is less inclined to tip because um, they're, they're typically younger crowds and and what you would call rookies as far as partiers are concerned. Um, and they don't uh, they don't tip as well. So so and we don't get paid anymore by the venues. Um, but you know, it's still fun. It's exciting. I like it. I like playing in big crowds and, and it's fun, but this year is different obviously for COVID and I'm going to show you and I'll read it, but I'm going to show you the, the, uh, the, the guidelines that were laid out and it was late. I think it was Friday. This was announced again. I'm a little fuzzy because of the surgery. So with days and, and things like that. But I'm going to show you what what what, what what's going. Five days later, you can't be fuzzy anymore. Yeah, well, I can. I can be, and I am. <laughs> so there. I can be, damn it, and I will be. But this is what's be been. Gone. This is what's been presented to us in, here in New Orleans this year by in uh, by order of the mayor of New Orleans. Um, and this is not what I want. I want this. Uh, and this is. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, COVID restrictions in place from Friday, February twelfth. This is which is this Friday through Tuesday, February sixteenth. Bars closed indoor and outdoor citywide. No sales of to-go drinks. No sales of packaged liquor in the French Quarter. No pedestrians or vehicles on Bourbon, Frenchman, and Decatur from seven p.m. to three a.m except for residents, employees, hotel guests, and restaurant retail goers. And no, and no pedestrians on Claiborne, Claiborne under, under the bridge. So, yeah, this is uh, like huge. So bars closed indoor and outdoor citywide means everything's closed. Everything is going to So there's close. no bars allowed open at all for Fat Tuesday. For, for, or for, Friday, any Saturday, Sunday, for five days, yeah. So wow. obviously there are no bands playing anywhere in the city. Um, so wow, indeed. Yeah, that's the first, man. Holy cow. But I mean, again, unprecedented times call for, you know, extreme action and measures. And you know what it, will, it would be like if they didn't do that. Yes. But as you would expect, people have reacted to that. Musicians oh, sure. have reacted to that announcement. And... I should have brought this picture up too, and I did, but there was a picture of Bourbon Street from this past weekend, and it is jam-packed with people. I'm sure. That's why they that's why they're shutting it down, right? I mean Yes. So they're not having bands, but the bars are open, right? Right now. Yes, but come Friday. And to what and what no, and to what capacity are they open by you? They're in phase two, which was... But is that what, 35 45 50%? 20%? No, not even. It's like 20% maybe. Okay. Um, but like Bourbon Street, the band, the, the, the bars that would have bands normally, they're not open. They're not open. As far as I know, anyway, I don't think any of them are open because they're not going to... Without... So what places are open? Regular bars that would not normally have music? Mostly, yeah, mostly places that sell food. 
mostly right. places that are, have restaurants, I right. think. But I, I haven't been down to Bourbon Street, you know, for a long time. So I don't, I don't really know. But all, what I do know is that people are still coming here. And people are walking around on Bourbon Street with many of them without masks, many of them getting alcohol somehow and drinking. Even I, I think it, the, the novelty for people is still there. It, like people come, I'm going to come to New Orleans around Mardi Gras. And they could go to a package store somewhere and get and get beers and walk up and down the street and drink, you know, or get whatever. Send but, Walter or Simon out to, for, for them to go, like your people, you know, uh, get them out there and, and – Tell them to investigate what's going on and report back. You know that it'd be good to know. So, you know, okay. feedback from the local, you know, club owners and restaurant owners to see what they what they have to say about it. You know, I, I don't. I'm sure they're very upset. Anymore. Like you said, it's it, it would normally be a big weekend, but you know, given the situation, you know, they're they're mandating that everything's closed. But the places that would normally be open can't be open, right? So that's what they got to be up in arms about because yeah. they're open now. Yes. Yeah. And, but the music community, especially the musicians here are just like, there's people here. They're coming here anyway. They're not wearing masks anyway. They're making that decision. So why are you cutting off our right to go out and make some money? Why? why? And I understand why, like, I understand, I'm not mad about it myself, but, but I mean, I understand both sides is what I'll say. I understand why musicians, People like me who who rely on this for for our livelihood are pissed, but I also understand the other side why they're saying, "Okay, let's try to try to you know cut this and and err on the side of caution." I get that part too, so I'm not, I don't really feel strongly either way about it because I understand it, um, but it's still listen. It's just it's unprecedented circumstances, like you said. This you know you're you're living down there for how long now? Eight, I've been here years? for 10 years, yeah. 10 years. So in 10 years, this will be the first time yeah, ever, yeah, you know. Yeah. But but it, I'm sure if you look back in history, too, this is probably one of the, you know, very few times that Bourbon Street was ever shut down or didn't celebrate Fat Tuesday and subsequently Mardi, Mardi Gras. Yeah. Some um, – I, I've heard people say that some things have happened – Something has happened like this that was similar, but it wasn't – it was a long time ago. That's and, I mean, historically, you know, maybe a couple of times. Yeah. And it wasn't to this extreme. I mean, that's extreme. Mar- like, because Mardi Gras weekend, dude, here is like Black Friday for retail. Black yeah. Friday weekend for retail. It's it's and Black Friday was named Black Friday because it's when all those businesses expect to go into the black because they're making a lot more money. Um, I don't know if people knew that, but that's what that's that term comes from. So Mardi Gras here is like Black Friday. Wisdom right there, calling it out. Yes. Black right. Friday. It's the wisdom whistle. Just in case oh, you know, I love the wisdom whistle. The wisdom whistle just came Ooh. out. You have to write wisdom whistle on that thing. I can't. It already has. It says um, Stroudsburg Railroad on it. Just get a, a write it on a piece of paper and put, uh, put tape it over. The wisdom whistle. Okay. I love alliteration. So any anything alliter- alliterative makes, makes me happy. <laughs> alliterative? Alliterative makes me happy. Wisdom whistle. Um <laughs> What does alliterative mean? Alliterative. It means it starts with the same two words that start with the same letter or the same sound. More, dude. W-W, jam packed full of wisdom, dude. The wisdom whistles out. I love the letter. Okay, so, so Billy Fisher said that that was so wrong about, you know, the, the, the closing the quarter. Um, 
Uh, somebody said, Facebook user said, what's up, guys? Uh, let's stream here and show your name so I know who you what's are. Some Facebook user said, hey, brother. What's up, brother? Let somebody show your name or let stream here and show your name so I know who you are. And then Facebook user said, Supercharger is at Southport Hall Friday and Whiskey Cowboy Mardi Gras Day. Thank God. And I think that's Ross watching. And if that Ross Stevens, who's a singer, I think that's who that is, is saying this. But he's that's got, outside of Burbank. Let me show his name. Yeah. And Ross is great. And 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 I'm glad he, he came on here um, and said this because that's something I want to talk about. It's some of them diehard musicians, the, the lifers here, what they have been doing is playing outside of the French Quarter, outside right. of the city of New Orleans and yeah. playing fairly regularly at places like Southport Hall and Whiskey Cowboy, which is are two places that I've played as well since COVID. Uh, but these guys are playing regularly. They're kind of hitting that circuit. It's uh, Mallory area, which is, uh, you know, 15 minutes or so outside of the city. Um, oh, okay. So it's not that far to travel. Said Mike bad. Schultz drummer. And, and a lot of people live there. So, so they're doing shows and they're killer. You know, these are the, the, the elite musicians that are around here that have been here forever and that they play and they can't not play. They just have to play. So they're, they're going out and they're playing, they're getting, friends coming out and they're getting people who are really just freaking hungry for live music and yeah. coming out and see them play. So they're doing it right. And and not relying on powers that be to make, to, to, to control our lives and to make decisions for us. There's only so much we can do, you know, you, and you can, you have to kind of be responsible. I understand well, people being pissed, but you have, are, but it's the hustle too where the, those guys are recognizing an opportunity outside of the quarter. Right. And being, you know, they have to play that's what they're going to do you know they're going to they're going to like you said go outside the normal realm of thought and 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 you know the complacency of everything being closed down and say well what is open and what are the opportunities that are out there and maybe we got to travel a little bit but let's get going you know let's do it yeah and i think some people are kind of violating some of the guidelines but I, i mean nobody's policing it nobody's like you don't have cops showing up like counting people or you know checking masks or anything like that. A lot of people aren't afraid and, and it makes sense, you know, because, because of the reality of this, but a lot of people want to err on the side of caution, which also makes sense. So. Right. But you still want to be proactive about trying to pursue, you know, like you said, better to ask for, you know, to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission, you know? Yes. I've heard that. I've heard uh, people say that phrase. I've heard married couple. Uh, it's wisdom right there. Wisdom whistle. That's it. You know, but you have to know the situation too, right? You 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 want to push the envelope and do things outside the boundary, but you have to know, you know, ethically what's what's you know if that's the right choice to make at that time. Sure. You yeah. know, and like you know, I played my gig last week, and it was outdoors, and ethically, it was fine. People had the opportunity to social distance. I didn't mean to, to gig decisions. I meant like life decisions. Like if I said, "Hey, Steve," you know. I got this great idea, you know. We're not supposed to be out, but we're gonna we're gonna run across this eight lane highway at rush hour and see who okay. can get to the other side first. You know, you might say, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, and I'm I not willing that. to risk doing that. You know, but to say, hey, I'm gonna go play this venue that is open, and you know, like like think about how many gigs you played. You know, on Bourbon Street where it was like clearly like. <laughs> Clubs are shut down. Okay, but this one Saturday night, the bar's going to open. There's going to be 100 people jammed in there, and the band's going to play until the cops come. And, you know, and they do it, and you bum rush it, and you, and then the cops do come, but it's not like everyone's going to jail. You know, they just, they just yeah. shut it down. 
but no. at least you had an opportunity to do it, you know, and that, that's what I'm saying. It's like a calculated risk you have to take, you know, and you have to weigh ethically against like, how badly do you want to do it versus, you know, what are the repercussions and, you know, what level of satisfaction are you going to get out of doing it? The given, right. you know, challenge. And it's pretty badass too to just be like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go and do my thing because I have to. I have to play. You know, some of these people are doing it because they really need the money. But well, that too, desperate. You know, you start getting into desperate times, and you start seeing, you know, what you got to do. It's it's like you know, you got to really look outside the box and think outside, you know, the, the normal realm of what your opportunities might be that have been there for all these years because it's a different landscape now, and it's going to be different. You know coming through this once the warm weather comes and that you know they'll have bands outdoors at least up here you know and that'll be good for a little while but then you know come fall i'm sure they'll put restrictions back on again if it's not gone you okay. know if it's not a you know everyone's hoping not i mean you know all the music stuff that i've seen is, is september you know i haven't seen anything before that I august maybe you know they yeah. cancel coachella yeah, they moved Jazz Fest here, which would normally be at the end of April, beginning of May, and they moved it to the, the fall. Um, but they haven't announced any sort of lineup. I don't think that the uh, the particular dates are out, but it was like they, they moved it to October. Um, but they could always move that again. I hope we were on the tail end of this, man. Um, Steve Christopher said, hey, guys, Steve Christopher is a drummer, and he's in Florida. And Florida is a, <laughs> a drummer. Florida is a whole different story. They, you know, Florida, it's just like, it, it doesn't, there is no COVID. They're just doing whatever. Yeah. So, they're way ahead of us. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I guess it's working out okay for them. Uh, Facebook user, again, let's stream or share your name so I, I can address you by name. But Facebook user said, we are starting to book in Dayton, Ohio area, but I admit to being COVID nervous. St. Patrick's Day is the first gig. Um, hey, that's a valid you know, that's a valid concern too, right? Because if you're singing and you know, you're going to have to take your mask off on stage and if there is a lot of people in the room and they're not masked, right? Or some are, or some aren't, you know, uh, again, it's how, you know, not you're willing to take a risk, you know, no one wants to get COVID, you know, Jimmy, who I played in the band yeah. with, right? He, he got COVID and wasn't okay. so bad the first couple of days. He had a bad, bad cough. And then, you know, then he was on an inhaler. You know, just trying to, you know, keep himself from coughing. And he's through the woods now, but, you know, he's a healthy guy. And, you know, he didn't get knocked down down and out by it, but it wasn't like a, a head cold and he just, you know, powered through it. Like he was definitely feeling it. Okay. Um, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I've said it a million times on the regular podcast, but I'm not afraid of myself of getting it. Yeah. And and I started this this podcast saying, that I don't want to do anything where I could potentially get hurt. But, but hurt. That, listen, that's an interesting. Sick is different than hurt, right? But that's a different. That's an interesting uh, topic to to put out to to all the all the cover band central audience is. So if you're in a band, four, five, six people, and one or two people don't want a gig because of COVID, how do you address that? Right. In, you mean in your band? Yeah, in any band, you know, like, you know, you have a, a band, right? There's thousands of cover bands out there. So as soon as they say like, hey, we got this gig, we can go play this thing. There's going to be, you know, 150 people there or whatever, and maybe not have masks on. You know, maybe there's one or two people or, or in the band that are not comfortable with that, right? So that's a good topic to think about, like band-wise, 
how do how do you address that right because you got to respect everybody's you know opinion and sensitivity to it right but at the same time if if every you know do you get do you get a substitute yes you know, for, yeah. for that position i mean more so down by you because that's you know that's a regular occurrence right you know the way the music community is in new orleans right it's like you, yeah. everyone knows everybody and if you need somebody and there's a gig and somebody can't make it they'll just call somebody else to do it you know yeah but up here up north it's more band oriented you know what i'm saying like the, the individuals that are in certain bands are not really commingling and, and subbing and filling in and in a scene with a whole bunch of other people right right like so, it used to be when we were growing up right so it and it'd be more difficult <clears throat> to get somebody to bring in to sub that is going to know the show know the material know like exactly harmonies like everything yeah. um yeah but yeah here definitely we get a sub and, and when I used to live in Jersey and, and I would do it too, playing in, and I, I mean, we did it a lot. I played in a band called Mad Rabbit, uh, which for some of the time was, was my band where I was booking it and I was doing all the work. And the philosophy that I had, uh, which my singer shared with me was protect the gig. So if we got a gig, we right. had to protect the gig and we had to do whatever it took to make sure we could play the gig. So we had, you know, I, I was pretty good because I knew a lot of people in Jersey. I played around a lot. So I knew a lot of musicians that I could call that could get it done. Um, so I always kind of had a list of drummers and a list of singers. And um, and that's something I continued when I came down here to New Orleans. Um, so even, yeah, even in Jersey for that band. But it was a cover band. We were basically playing songs that pretty much everybody knows. So it was easy enough, but it, like a band, like, like the band that you were most recently playing with, that would be a little more difficult because the material is not common. Right. Very eclectic song selection, you know? Right. So right. not everyone would be familiar with that's, you know, they're definitely not songs that everybody plays one or two, maybe, you know, but not for the majority of the set. Right. <clears throat> but it's just an interesting challenge. I think bands are going to have to overcome and they're going to, they're going to come across and, you know, as things start to open up again, you know, like, so St. Patrick's day gig, you know, that's going to definitely be indoors. It's too cold to be outside. Right. March 17th. I mean, it depends on the weather, but it's typically still pretty cold there. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, up here. Right. Yeah. But yeah. so, they're, Sometimes they're, you're definitely not going to see anything like that up here until I would think after April, you know, I think April, May stuff will start opening back up again, you know? Right. Cause we've been calling out, you know, to, to book gigs too. And most places are saying, you know, they're starting to get calls. So everyone's starting to think the same way, you know, we're start, starting January, February to try to book now for May, June, July gigs, thinking when people are going to be back open again, you know? So, my takeaway from that and the advice is that, you know, get in early, get in the club owner's ears early, right? So that, you know, oh, but we'll call you when, you know, we're getting ready to open up or call back in a month, you know, and you get the person's name. And you know you know the drill, Steve, when you're trying to book your own band, you're trying to make a contact there and stay relevant in their memory so that when they do start opening up again and you call, oh, right, Steve, yeah, I talked to you a couple of times over the past couple months. Yeah, here's what I got, you know, yeah. and you're not cold calling for the first time in April or May trying to get those gigs, you know? So yeah. get on the bandwagon early. You know, that would be my advice. People are, are calling now for then, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it, it would have been in your best interest during this whole pandemic time to kind of stay in touch with 
those people like be friends with them on Facebook if you can, like yep. club owners and managers and, you know, just give them a shout out every once in a while or like one of their posts or something. Just keep you on their mind or your band on their mind. Um, uh, this, uh, oh, this is John. He's in Dayton, Ohio. And he said, uh, uh, they may be in a tent on St. Patrick's day. Right. So, and, uh, I'll go back to Marianne said this, uh, Long comment here, but she said very similar to what it's like there in Ireland. They haven't played a gig except for live streaming for almost a year. No bars open. They're looking at a canceled St. Patrick's Day next month for the second year in a row. It's the biggest day of the year for bars and bands in Ireland, of course. Yeah, for sure. Here too, <laughs> you know, but it, it is big. And, uh, you know, again, it, it's going to be, to her point, the second year in a row, you know, starting last year. What That's about when things shut down, you know, cause I remember mm-hmm. that was spring break for, uh, for my kids last year, you know, so that, that week of, of St. Patrick's day, I think it was the 13th of the 14th was that Monday was for sure. You know, that was when work shut down. That's when, you know, I was after that week off, I worked from home. Yeah. I didn't go back to the office. You know, that week I actually took off was the first week that everyone was going to work from home. Yeah. 15th was the date that that was our last date that we played and people were celebrating St. Patrick's day here on that weekend. Cause St. Patrick's day was on a Tuesday last year. And uh, you know, people don't, people don't need an excuse to party here in New Orleans, but if they have one, they'll do it. Um, so there was, a, there was a lot of green that weekend. Well, um, and uh, then the 15th was the last day that we played. So we're coming. Yeah. We're coming up on a year. Long friggin' year, man. Hey, but listen, that's promising that these places are having, you know, they are going to have gigs, you know, at least for, like you said, Dayton, Ohio, you know, so some places will, will open up. So that, that's good. That's a sign that, you know, it's, it's going to start to, to be a revival of sorts, you know? We'll see. I don't even know. I barely watch the news anymore because I like, I just don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to do, I, I, right now, obviously, I'm, Hey, listen, like we've been saying all along, right? Yeah, you, you're, you're taking advantage of that time, but you got to take advantage of the downtime, you know, refine your, you know, your, your craft and, and you know, in, invest in yourself to practice and, and get better. And, and like we did with the show, you know, buy a little bit of gear. You don't have to spend a ton of money, but, you know, push yourself to be better. Surround yourself with people that make you better, you know, that want better for you. And, and, and it'll, it'll help you to feel like you want to do better. But if you don't have anybody, you can still rely on yourself. You know, you can still, it's hard to develop the habits to do it, but if you can practice and you can, you know, make use of the downtime, I mean, in another month, Steve, it's going to be a year, right? Since the shutdown. So think if you had started something in earnest a year ago and really stuck with it, where you would be with it right now, you know? So the time's going to go by, like we always say. So if you can develop a routine to do something every day to, to advance yourself, you know, professionally, mentally, musically, you know, spiritually, anything that you can, you know, take advantage of the time. Because let's say we do have another cut, three or four months, you know, now's still a good time to to undertake something and develop a good habit, you know, because then yeah. by springtime, you're going to be in the groove of doing it. And then, you know, it's just going to start opening up again and then you know, it'll, you'll already, it's harder to start something when life is busy, right? And things are open and you got things to do and your calendar's full. It's hard to start something new and stick with it. But now knowing that you have a couple of months ahead of you where you're going to slowly ease back into some sort of normalcy, 
you know, is a good time to get it going. So by the time the calendar does start to get busy and life starts to pick up again, you're already in a good, solid, positive routine of doing something. Right. Well said. And I agree. It's and it's not too late. You know, even if you've been a, 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 a slug for the last year and like not really doing anything now, I could just be like, all right, let's go. Here we right. go. Now we're going to now we're going to make some changes and you still do have time. So when you kind of reemerge, you're going to be better for it. You're going to be a better player at what, you know, your your craft, your instrument or be better at uh, any number of things. There's so many things that you can explore and learn about and get better at it within this industry. If, if, if it's something you want to continue to do, um, because things will get back, people will still want music. People will still want to hear live music. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you're still in the live stream still going to be a thing and, and YouTube still going to be a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, figure sure. out how to make videos and how to, you know, do the audio with it. Like, you know, that's good business co small steps every day. That's it. Consistency. You know, you got to do a little bit each day, Yeah. you know, and then the aggregate of that is, is, is this huge reward for yourself. You know? Yeah, it really is. And, uh, and I feel like even though I've had this sort of handicap, I'm still, still kind of doing it and you know just taking care of this issue is 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 along the same lines to me it is you have to like yeah. you said when you you know when that first happened i remember you said like i'm going to do my exercises at home and i'm going to do what they tell me to do and i'm going to mm -hmm. do my physical therapy because i want this to be you know i want to have success so you know law of attraction right you set your mind to something and you say i'm going to follow this and i'm going to be successful at it because i know in my heart that it's going to work because i'm going to do everything i'm supposed to do so why Absolutely. wouldn't it work, right? They always tell you that when you're doing a rehab of some sort, if you don't, you know, if you get lazy with it or you don't do the exercises, you know, you're going to lose the range of motion. You're going to lose the flexibility because it's going to start to tighten up on you. You need you need that daily routine of doing the exercises, you know, it's for like it's for anything else. If you want to get in shape, you got to do something every day. If you want to practice your instrument and get better, you got to do it every day, even if it's only for 15 minutes. But the consistency of, the, of doing it for 15 minutes every day, that's what adds up at the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of six months, you know? Yeah. Agreed. I've been trying to lose weight and I have not had an appetite since my uh, surgery and I've barely been eating and I've lost really like, <laughs> like five pounds in the last week. So you so, just jump started yourself. So now yeah. you're on your way now, you know, eat, eat healthy and exercise and go for the walks and, you know. Yeah. 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 I, I feel very fortunate that I got through this relatively quickly. It's only five days ago and I still feel like I'm yeah. amazed, dude. I can't believe that you, you can move your arm like that, you know, after I surgery. Know. That's great. I know. And you have well, stitches and stuff from in incisions and going yes. in that you have to get removed still? Yeah, they're, they're uh, I, th I don't know what they call them, melt away stitches or fade away or okay, yeah. something. But there's, I, when I unwrapped That's it yesterday, nice. I could see, and it's, the scar is the same. He went into the same spot, but he made it a little longer. So mm. it's, it's a good six inches long, at least. The, the, the scar on my arm. I'll show you when my stuff is off. You'd be like, I have scars. Chicks dig scars. Tough guy now. Hey. That's what I hear anyway. Um, Good stuff. So we got, we got uh, a little time left. Valentine's Day is coming up on on uh, Sunday. Sunday. And uh, I don't think that's a really big thing for bands. Uh, it's, I don't think that's a big holiday for bands really but but i would imagine there are certain songs that <laughs> historically i don't think that there's many valentine's day gigs going on yeah i mean it's it is on a, a sunday 
So, and it's Sunday. True. I mean, yeah. If you were playing, hey, listen, I've played gigs in the past. I can remember it on Valentine's Day, you know, and it was like uh, the bar would just hype it as like it's Valentine's Day, you know, come out for dinner with your, you know, with your date and come see the band. And I don't think it was any more, you know, packed than it normally would be. I think a lot of people go out to dinner and stuff on Valentine's Day, but then I think a lot of people stay home too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to see a rock band is not the most romantic thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. So, Unless they dedicate a song and then, you know, hey. You know, if you're playing in a nice, easy listening band, a piano bar, then, then okay. Right. Then, then you're good. But for rock I'm band, sure there's musicians out there that have a very successful uh, Valentine's Day gig as a yearly thing. Just, just to your point, like you a nice, you know, piano or a duo or, you know, acapella or something like in a more relaxed atmosphere, not a full blown high energy rock cover band. Agreed. I don't think it's uh, I, I I can't I can't remember one Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's like a total oxycodone. Agreed. <laughs> Like Bob Ross, my happy little tree over here. I'm going to paint him up. You know, good I stuff. Didn't, I, I didn't take it today. You need to drink some coffee, man, and pump it up. I don't do that. I don't do caffeine. No? I You're do just not. naturally caffeinated? No. So I don't, I'm naturally more mellow. I don't like to be agitated. Okay. So I don't, I don't do caffeine. I have a heart thing that I've had for a long time, so... I stay away. Caffeine's not agreeable to you, so you want to stay away from that. Yes, I like to be calm, kind of zen, relaxed. Uh, When I drink coffee, I get relaxed. Believe it or not, do you really? Yeah, I like (laughs) drinking coffee. When we used to fly to L.A. to go to the Nam show, me and Joe Bergamini, we get on the plane. You know, be like early flight. You know, seven eight a.m. We get on the plane. We'd eat breakfast. I would get a coffee. He'd get a coffee. I would eat breakfast. He wouldn't drink his coffee, so I would drink my coffee, eat the breakfast, finish his breakfast, drink the coffee that he got for me, and then fluff up the pillow, and then wake up five hours later in L.A. Every time, just like that. He'd have all kinds of stuff ready to go. He's he's working on this, he's working on that. He's going to read this. I'm like, I'll see you in five hours, man. Just let me sleep. No problem. Right to sleep. That's perfect. I've never had an issue sleeping on planes. I love, like... As no. soon as, even before everybody's on board, I'm just like, I got my window seat. I got my little whatever makeshift pillow. Has to be window seat because you out. can hold the shade down, jam your pillow into it, and you can yeah. you know, get a good angle for sleep. Oh, yeah. You have to have a window seat. Yeah. There's if no, you're not sleeping, then the, get away from the window seat. Right. Like, I, you can't have a middle seat and, and have a good flight. No. Aisle that seat. was also when it was like two aisle three or... I remember flying on the A three hundred Airbus where it was, it was three four three, it was three aisle four in the middle aisle three, right, big plane. And you just take the red eye back, you know, on on Monday morning from California, you'd leave there at night, you know, and then you get to Newark at like five a.m. And many times on that flight back, there was nobody on the plane, I like it was that. it was barely full. So the stewards would say. Go ahead, you can go in the middle, and we put all the armrests up across the four seats, and get us some pillows and blanket, and get the movie going. And it was like, oh, it was awesome, like a private jet, you know. I would do. I had one flight where I was back from. I was coming back from like Washington State to Louisiana, and 
I had a, I was in a, th- a three seat row and there was nobody else in, yeah. in that row, but me. And I just, yeah, arm rests up and I just laid down. I had a pillow. I laid down. It was yeah. great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way to fly. Yeah. That's first I've been on red eyes too that were packed though, like to the gills, you know, with all musicians sure. going back, you know, to, to New York. You know, I've been in a flight with with uh Will Lee from you know from uh Dave Letterman's uh, yeah, Letterman show and you know, a bunch of different guys over the years. You know, you can see them all in the airport because they're 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 leaving when you're leaving and they're coming back when you're coming back. Right. Yes. Uh I'm not playing in a while. And they're all going to the NAM show. Right. Next year, hopefully that'll be a thing. Uh, Nam, in uh, yeah. you know, hopefully we'll be back to normal, guys. Hang, and if we're not, I mean, for a while still, everybody out there, just hang in there. Do the right thing for yourself, for your your bands, and and for your neighbors and your loved ones, and just hang in there. I know people are stressed and freaking out, and but uh, it's it's not gonna last forever. No, and try to make good use of the time, you know. Make good use of the time. Yes, somebody yes. just put that comment up. Let me put uh and very simply said Steve Henderson said utilize time wisely. Wisely. Yes, Steve Henderson. And that is the thing to do. The wisdom, wisdom whistle, whistle, dude. I expected to say wisdom whistle next week. All right. Wisdom <laughs> whistle will be. All right. Will be the wisdom whistle. All right. Uh, all me. right, so we'll just show you a couple of things here. Coverbandcenter.com is where you can yeah. go and sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free, and you'll find all sorts of goodies on the website. It's just loaded with content, and it uh, keeps growing. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or anything else you want to yell at me about, Steve at Coverbandcenter.com. You send me an email, and uh, and I will respond to it if you're nice to me, even if you're not nice to me. Let's be honest. You have people that can do that for you too, for the rude ones. So everyone will get a response. It just may not be as personal as you'd like it to be. Yes. Uh, If you made it all the way here, thank you for joining us and share this. If you liked it and you'll find it on YouTube and all that stuff. And you can listen to the 124 previous episodes on. uh, Yes. If you have 125 hours of nothing to do and you want to get caught up before next week, have at it. They have plenty of time. You can find that on your favorite podcast source so um until then next week we will see you and be good to each other and happy valentine's day It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.